Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. And welcome, folks. Welcome back to another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown, focused on the offense with Al Borges. Boy, he must be moonwalking. I, have you ever moonwalked, Al? If you never moonwalked, now you should be moonwalking all over some Buckeyes for the way that you called this game out. No, I imagine I a couple of times I imagined I could moonwalk, but I never actually did it. I think I did it in my dreams. Hey, well, I, I saw you dance at your wedding. You look pretty good. You look pretty nimble. Uh, you caught this one out. Because I know when we sat and we looked ahead to this game, and I was asking you, you know, and you you sort of asked the the hypothetical. You said, well, well, Al, why wouldn't they just do what Illinois does? And you said, because they 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 don't look like I told Devin. I said, man, if if you walk into a club and Sam Cassell walks into a club, it's different, right? Because Devin came in, he had his mink on. He had his nice, he had his nice new shoes. I said, DG, you walk to the, you walk in, you got all the ladies looking at you. You walk to the bar to buy your drinks. Sam Cassell walk in, they like, you know, they they give you that look like, oh, it's just not the same. <laughs> Why you want to drop a lug on Sam Cassell? I don't, I'm sorry, Sam, because I'm sorry to Sam Cassell. But it just didn't look the same, right? You know, it just, and, and so you had Illinois go out and, demonstrate how you can play Michigan a certain way. And then you had Ohio State going in the club looking like Sam Cassell and acting like they didn't look like Sam Cassell. At the end of the day, know your limitations. If you look like Sam Cassell, don't walk up to the bar like you don't. And that's exactly what they did, Al, in this game. Just play completely out of character defensively. And Michigan exploited the hell out of it. And give them credit for that. They thoroughly outplayed and outcoached the Buckeyes. Yeah, I think I think that's fairly safe to say when you beat a team by twenty three points in their own backyard in the biggest game of the season. I don't I don't think anybody argue that. I don't think Ohio State would argue that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, what did what did Sam Cassell do to you to warrant this kind of abuse? <laughs> I actually like Sam because I think he's pretty smart. I do too. I, do I think he's pretty good looking too. Uh, now you're lying. Now you're lying. Yeah, no, we don't have to lie. I'm just oh, saying. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, let's get back to what's important. Um, yeah, they. You know, we watched s- several games. I, I, I watched uh, Ohio State play every. I did not watch Arkansas State, and I did not watch Toledo. Those two, I did not. But every other one, I watched at least a half. Uh, and I didn't watch all of the games. I, what I wanted to do is get a feel for their culture of defense. How do they play? Okay. And after watching, you know, a couple games, I came to the conclusion they're basically a zone team that uses man-to-man as a mixer in, in certain situations. Some games like Notre Dame, they played a little bit more man-to-man, but not near as much as they did in this game. But for the most part, they were a 2D, 3D, variations as such, being able to, to sink safeties into the box off their 3D, spin them weak. Uh, conventional three deeps, um, two deep, two deep with a robber, blah, blah, blah. Okay. 
And then, like I said, occasionally, man. But in this game, for whatever reason, uh, they felt compelled to play more man-to-man. And I think at the end of the day, it was their undoing. I really do. They played 40 snaps that I counted in. And I, I, you guys might say, well, it was only 30 I don't It's pretty much 40 snaps. So that's pretty close. If somebody wants to argue what a coverage is, I'm sure they would. But they played a lot of man-to-man coverage. And so there were only 60 snaps in the game by Michigan. Okay, so that's almost 70% of man-to-man coverage. They played 10 snaps to cover one, which means they were rushing five guys. Uh, 14 snaps of one rat, which is rushing four guys with a short hole player. And 13 snaps of zero. And a, a good portion of those zero snaps were in the field. They were not all backed up in the red area, okay, or short yardage. So, uh, and that ended up hurting them, as you'll see in detail on the film study. They played a little bit of match coverage, too, man. They played a little split safety. They were in split safety looks only four times in the game that I counted. So, and they that's not like they usually play more than that, okay? They played cover three ten times that I counted, and they had some miscellaneous coverage with some bracket coverage on third down, and they played the, the, the red seven, the, the double coverage inside the five-yard line. I saw that one time uh, when J.J. scored a touchdown on that run. But my point is, is there was a departure from their culture, not necessarily their schemes, because they've done these. This is not. But they upped the ante in man coverage. They pressured with somebody, you know, whether it was a one-man pop or a two-man blitz or whatever, 29 times. That's not necessarily out of their culture, because I think I'd seen – I didn't chart everyone from the other games, but it looked pretty much in line with what they've been doing. But it hurt them, okay? It hurt them. The first uh, touchdown to CJ, the boundary corner bailed and looked like he tried to stare down a quarterback quick. He was not in position to make the tackle once he got beat. There was a mix-up. Or the, with, the rat, with a rat player on one time, the two guys looked like they were rushing the passer. Nobody was ratting it out. Backside safety, Chasey over and two robber and gave up an easy touchdown down the middle. Why, I don't know. And a couple of times the defense wasn't set up to tempo. And, and Michigan didn't do a lot of tempoing, but they did not get ready. And then uh, the, the one, in zero coverage, a guy jumped Loveland on the out. And there was another touchdown. But, you know, the contention out there is that they only, you know, they played great other than five plays. Well, I would, I would definitely argue that there's, first of all, when you play that much zero, that much, you don't need but five plays to win the game because those five plays equaled 300 and something odd yards, 340 something odd yards. But there were other plays that were made that were not necessarily big chunks and other plays that should have been, or could have been made that could have really made the game ugly early. So, uh, uh, I just don't think, uh, that that's a good assessment of how they played to say they only defended five, only gave up five big plays. There's other plays in there. Uh, Other than the throw to the left, the beautiful scramble he made through it, JJ had a slow start. Mm -hmm. But once he hit that blitz pass that we're going to, you know, uh, in detail, everything changed. Everything changed. I mean, it was not that he started playing perfect, but – you could feel that he was starting to feel it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Playing fundamentally on a couple of play action passes, had great fundamentals, getting in a, getting in a fight, climbing a pocket, making beautiful throws. Uh, something that we saw in this game too, Sam, that we've been asking for, and maybe they saved him a little bit, was double moose. I saw three double moose, two, two for touchdowns and one for a pass interference. So the yield on that is pretty good, okay? So I think they, they kept that maybe in the drawer until this game. But I think the theme 
was zero blitz. Zero blitz. There were three touchdowns scored on zero blitz. Two on pass plays and one on a run. And when you're going to zero blitz, that means there's nobody in free in the middle of the field and there is no third level of the defense. So if the first two levels of the defense are blocked, a man like Donovan Edwards who can run real fast or he sure as hell looks like he can, you're in trouble if you get if you get, if they broach that second level. There was no help. And one time they did have a third level defense and he got he got cracked. So um that was it. I mean, uh, that's the way I'd assess it from an offensive perspective. They did what they had to do to win the game. They still left some stuff on the field. It wasn't perfect, Sam. There were some deals out there that could have been taken. But for the most part, the plays they had to make, they made them. It could have been worse. That's what I come away with. Yeah, first of all, when you say it was only five plays, isn't that like every game? Every game has like five plays that could change the game. Every game. So I, It's a ridiculous argument to begin with. That's number one. Number two, Ohio State is looking at it totally wrong. I, I keep trying. I don't know why I keep trying to help Buckeyes, right? I don't know why. But the perspective should be it could have been a whole lot worse. They're lucky it was only five plays, Alan. That's what I keep coming back to. As you break down the film and you look at it, you say, man, we went through the tape one of the many times we went through the All-22. And you said, man, if he ever gets – if he ever gets his his footwork, his fundamentals consistent, if he ever consistently ties his footwork to to throws, right? He he's good now. He could the skies he could be amazing. He could be unbelievable. Yeah, he could take the next his step. Footwork down, his fundamentals. And he, and he, down. Sam, he did summon this game now in, in his defense. It wasn't a it wasn't a footwork mess. They were just, oh no, I'm was, not saying that. I'm not saying that as a, a criticism. No. So, no, so let's, let's keep it in perspective here. J.J. played great, but what if, what yeah. if he was more refined in his, in his mechanics and his footwork where he was doing the same thing consistently all the time? It could have been worse, Buckeyes. It could have been so much worse. He left plays on the field. Like, you're lucky it was 45 to 23. But I think I've been a little hard. I've been a little hard on Jim Knowles. Because like uh, this one of our, our our watchers here, blank name says, uh, people always talk about players choking, but did Jim Knowles choke? No, no, he didn't choke. He miscalculated, and I've done it. Every coordinator in America has miscalculated, Sam. Every general at one time or another has miscalculated. He was going to take the run away, and by doing so, he was going to play man to man like Nebraska did and like Illinois did. And he's going to play it more than they were accustomed to playing it. So, I mean, if you want to equate that to choking, I guess you can, but I don't. I just, I just say he missed a choke to me is a guy that just that freezes in the in the clutch. I don't know See, that he did that. He just missed. I think I think Jim Knowles was just true to himself. Now, yeah, now Van, Van said that hey, you got a Big Twelve offense. That's what Brian, Ryan Day runs now. He he took he took Urban's offense. Right and said, "Hey, I need to tweak that. I need to do something different." Now it looks like Urban was around a little bit. Ur- they certainly gave Urban the game plan. He took those notes to Fox and sort of ran with them and, and kind of said, "Hey, yeah, I, I think you kind of picked up on this too, right? Hey, because yeah. I have to show that they could beat beat uh, man coverage, right?" Which yeah, he knew a little bit more than most Come guys on, do. Uh, yeah. Come on, man! I was born tonight, not last night. So <laughs> you know how it, you know how Urban was getting down. He was getting the notes. 
But it sounds like Van said he thinks he was. They were given a few more. Yeah, yeah. And and that, that first drive and how they were running the football. Yeah, it was like Urban. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, was born during the day, but it wasn't yesterday, Sam. And <laughs> I, I kind of got that same read. Okay, now I could be wrong. No, I, but I think, I think you guys are right. Yeah. Let's chill out on Jim Knowles because at the end of the day, Jim Knowles is a Big Twelve defensive coordinator, and he went out there and gave them a Big Twelve defensive call game he went out there and gave him a big 12 performance so you can't be mad at that if you're a buckeye right ryan day that's what you paid for you paid for a big 12 defense you got a big 12 defense i likened it to sort of bring it down to the base level i'm not a a football aficionado like you al i likened it to a movie i credit my guy at my guy ira weintraub for bringing up the movie new jack city i love it and there's a scene in there where where Chris Rock, he played a character called Pookie. Pookie was a crackhead. I don't know if you, you've seen the movie, uh, Al. Pookie was a crackhead. Pookie got himself cleaned up. They went and got Pookie to run the crack house. Now, why would you put Pookie in front of the product, right? That's right. That's like putting a cat in a fish tank, why right? Why <laughs> would you put Pookie in front of the product? You know this is a crackhead. A crackhead in front of a crack, in front of crack is going to do what crackheads in front of crack. Do right, so you, you are the only human being in America that would use this analogy, but I'm you not with took you. A Big 12 coordinator put him in front of a defense and expected him to do something other than call a Big 12 defense. That doesn't sound too bright to me. That doesn't sound fair to Jim Knowles, just like it wasn't fair to Pookie to expect him to turn all that crack down. You shouldn't expect Jim Knowles to turn all those bad Big 12 calls down. That's exactly what you should expect him to do. And I have to give credit to a Michigan fan who sent me this graphic. I had to bring this back up just so I could show this graphic to illustrate exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, Pookie, You're terrible, I give you Jim Knowles, Pookie, uh. and Jim Knowles are wanting to say, don't put Pookie around the product if you don't want Pookie to be in the product. If you don't mind Pookie being in the product, then that's fine, but it's out. Buckeyes, Buckeyes, I'm trying to help y'all out. I'm still trying to help you, Buckeyes. Still trying to help you. So don't blame Jim Knowles. Don't do him like they did Pookie. See, y'all trying to do Jim Knowles like they did Pookie in the movie. Don't do Jim Knowles like that. Jim Knowles doesn't deserve that. He told you who he was when you hired him. So leave Jim Knowles alone. Let him be. See see how I'm sticking up for Jim Knowles right now, Al? And aren't I doing the service right now? Aren't I extending the olive branch i think i am right i'm not sure i'm feeling that sam but are, are you done now i just said yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry i, no, I had thanks. to bring that picture up thank man. you jesus uh all that said okay <laughs> my god there was a lot said there but in that analogy only you could come up with there's no human being in america hey. that would use pookie <laughs> as the friggin uh it fits so alex <laughs> all right uh can can we kind of you know move on <laughs> hey how they started it man <laughs> they started. What I, like. <laughs> I like scam web I, I, you know i almost stopped calling you numb nuts and i'm gonna start calling you scam so, web <laughs> so here, here's the thing here's the thing when you consider the questions about michigan coming into this game their ability to throw the football down the football field could they do it they had to they had to pivot early, right? 
they came out throwing the football. JJ's a, he's he's not hitting as much, right? But then, okay, you try to lean into the run. You try to you try to compensate. You give Blake a run. He's not feeling that he has to come out. You give Donovan a couple carries. You can see he's clearly favoring a hand. Then some plays are left on the field. And there's that moment. There's that moment after the second drive where it becomes clear you're gonna have to put the you're gonna have to turn the game over to J. It's gonna have to be JJ's game. There's no there's no other option. Now right. give credit to Donovan that he found that place in his mind, Al, to mm-hmm. kind of compartmentalize. Yeah, right. He, he was able to put it to the side and then he came back mm-hmm. and made some big plays. But in the interim, it had to be number nine. Yeah. And number nine made the plays that Ohio State didn't think he could make. Well, think about it, Sam. Think about it now. You lost your best player on defense. You lost your best player on offense. He had a Willis Reed moment coming in to give it a shot, but couldn't do it. Because I know Blake Corum, if he could do it, he'd have done it. So what did we say last week? We said had to have one player and maybe more than one. I don't know if you remember this. You can replay the deal and then and, and, Verify this if you want. I said, somebody is going to have to step to the plate if Quorum can't play. And it may be more have to be more than one guy. It may be a couple guys. Well, who was it? It was J.J., who was the most logical, because he's got the ball in his hands every play. And it was Donovan Edwards, who reached down with the injury and took charge. So that's, you know, coupled with augmented by, by a, a bunch of guys who really wanted to win, namely the offensive line, uh, they would be at the top of my list. That's how you got 45 points, and that's how you beat Ohio State by 23 points, is yeah, those man. people filled that void. Yeah, and they're they're very, very lucky, very lucky that it wasn't worse. That's the thing that I keep coming back to. I, I mean, there were run plays available in that first half that they just weren't able to realize. And they realized them in the second half and ran away from Ohio state, a, a team that broke profile uh, defensively. But even if they were in profile, and this is the other thing that, that really stands out because consider this last year was the conditions, right? I mean, as a cold, it was cold, it was snowy, it was on the road. I mean, all the things that would limit Ohio state offensively. But none of that was at play. You were at home. Weather was pristine. Uh, you know, you you had you had your quarterback. This wasn't his first rodeo in the rivalry, right? You you had a in the in opposing team. I know Ohio State had injuries too, but Michigan's best player was out, right? And he just went out. At least Ohio State had a chance to get used to their players being missing. Michigan right. just lost their player. The week before, right? So all of these things line up for Ohio State to really hit the ground running and to run away from Michigan, and they couldn't do it on either side of the football. No, there were there were no excuses, none. I mean, you can make up, you can invent them, you can fabricate them, but there's there was no excuses. My instincts were to to say that bad weather would bode well for Michigan, good weather would not. I was wrong. I was wrong. I didn't make a big point of that, but I I did. In my mind, I'm going, God, I hope it snows again, you know? No. All that did was make J.J. McCarthy better and the receivers better. They it, That made a part of their game that hadn't been as good better. So that was uh, good, not bad. But there's just there's no excuses for, for what happened. Uh, and then at the end of the game, or the second half basically, was much like 
the second half last year mm-hmm. because they grinded it until they they you know they, they I think they they broke their will at the end again. It wasn't the same thing. It wasn't you know a, a, a perpetual drive. Okay, but what's the difference really? He took the ball seventy five yards and eighty five yards in two plays, and because the offensive line at that point was pushing him around, so um, the result was the same. The uh, oh, that was worse. Another great second half, Sam. I don't think that should be minimized either. Is another half where the defense and the offense got their stuff together and and, and played very very well because the first half it was touch and go, right? But, hey, uh, he says, so if Michigan scores on that fumble, does that make it a blowout? I'm going to ask you because everyone keeps saying, who is everyone? Who is everyone? I, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know why people are trying to it, – it's almost as if they're trying to make Ohio State's case better. I don't know what this affinity is for, for Ohio State uh, making them seem better than they are. They are a challenge defense. And this is the thing that was revealed when you went back and looked at other games, Al. I mean, we focus so much on on Maryland and Penn State because those teams lit them up, right? Now they their offense, you know, Ohio State's offense was obviously far more successful against those teams, so it kind of masks the 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 deficiencies a little more uh, defensively. But you go back and look at other games. I know you looked at when watched and poured through the Wisconsin game, which was a blowout for Ohio State. But they were busting left and right in that game. Yeah, there were a lot of mistakes in that game, and, but they weren't exploited. And one thing, that this and, and this happens on offense as much as it does defense. But because uh, success can be an imposter, Sam, it can be an imposter. You can enjoy successes, sack the quarterback, uh, do a lot of stuff where the, your opponent isn't very productive. But when you look at the film, you realize you were lucky. Somebody. The, the quarterback wasn't efficient enough or the line didn't protect well enough or something happened that allowed you to succeed when some, there was a glaring issue somewhere else. And that, that's something I noticed, particularly in the Wisconsin game, I, I, is there were several times in zone people ran into each other. There were guys that were jumping cuts and letting guys run deep. Uh, it happened several times and, and, and that wasn't exploited. So, uh, and I'm sure they saw it. I mean, I'm sure they coached it. But because you didn't feel the sting of it, if you don't feel the sting of it, it's not emphasized. They don't remember it. But when that ball goes over your head and the fight song's playing, you feel the sting of that. You know. But I don't. I, don't, I think they got away with some things early that they just didn't get away with in this game. Yeah, they did not at all. And I think it would be if they see each other again, which is what Ohio State is lobbying for, that they still have a place in the playoff, if USC were to lose, I just, I know I was standing on the table for uh, a one loss big 10 team to make the playoff. And I was saying that even if it was, even if that one loss team was Ohio state, but you know, the, you know, the, the, the premise for that, at least for me was a close game. Yeah, sure. Close that, game. That's your argument, right? That's your, that's argument. my argument. A close yeah, game between those two should allow for the loser to still make it. That wasn't a close game. No, 23 yeah, I mean, points it, is not a close game. And uh, what was the spread in in, uh, in uh, Vegas? I don't even follow that stuff at all. But what was what was the spread in this game? I don't know. Ohio State, Ohio State was the favorite. Was the favorite I know, team. but I think it was – I don't know what it was. I heard it one time again. But if you add the spread to 23 points, that's a blowout. 
of massive proportions, okay? It wasn't from the get-go, but it ended up that way. Yeah, and like I said, you, you see what they left on the field. It's like, man, they are lucky that it wasn't worse, and Ohio State was at home, and Michigan was without its best player. I mean, all the things, all the factors that would mitigate the impression of that of that team being better than the top four right now, I, I think TCU should be in regardless. They beat Kansas State during the regular season. They got to play them again, but, you know, TCU – has won every kind of game. You know, I'm again, I just ragged on the Big 12, but you've had TCU. Oh, you got what you got, Sam, right? Yeah, you you've seen you've seen them win every which way yes. in the Big 12. They've won coming from behind. They've been behind double digits and have come back, right? They've run it on people. They've thrown it on people. They've won uh tight games. They they won a game by a field goal at the buzzer over Baylor, right? They won a defensive struggle against Texas. They won on the road. They won it they they've done it all. And Ohio State, I mean, their claim to fame is they they went to Penn State and won a team that Michigan utterly destroyed. And they beat Notre Dame. Well, USC beat Notre Dame, too. What has Ohio State done better than USC? Now, USC, they went on the road and lost to Utah in a close game. In a close game. I ragged on the Pac-12, too, but their case is better than Ohio State's to me, Al Borges. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't like them. So I, it, I, I'm always going to find a reason why they shouldn't be. <laughs> but the, the, the rational side of me says, uh, I mean, to be in the playoffs, you can't have a 23 point differential on your, on your resume. You know what I mean? You got to, unless it happened real early in the season and, you know, you've proven you've taken out every other opponent. Uh, I just, I don't know. Yeah, so people are saying the line was nine points. Nine okay. Nine plus 23 is what? It, it, opened at, it, it opened at nine and a half. Okay. It opened at nine and a half. So, so, uh, nine plus 20. Points. Yeah. What's that? 32 points. Al. 32, 32 points. points. That's not a blowout. Yeah. That's a blowout. I hope I like to win every People game. Like that, eight, so. eight points. So 31 then. All right. I stand corrected. Yeah, yeah. So who is the, who is the fourth team? If, if USC loses USC, USC. That's who the fourth team is. So, you know, hey, unless USC got blown out. But if they lost another close game to Utah, I, I'm sorry. I still think that that USC has a better case than uh, than Ohio State, a team that got blown out. So, yeah. you know, we'll, well, we'll see. We'll see. Michigan's in, and that's all we care about, Sam. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. So, Al, let's uh, let's get to the bitter and the sweet and the grades, and then we'll get we'll get to the questions from the people. Folks, start getting your questions for Al in now, right? So I'm gonna put that put them in the uh, in the comments, whether you're on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook. Put your questions in, and we'll start getting to them after Al gives his bitter and sweet and his grades, and then of course we have a a special promotion to alert you to, but first, Al, you're bitter and you're sweet. Well, uh, most of the bitter was remedied in the second half. The, the slow start, I didn't I didn't like the way it started. I, I didn't think the execution was particularly good early on for whatever reason. It didn't last, so there wasn't any big deal. And if you play a game 60 minutes, you don't play it at the start. But slow start, they were a little out of sync. J.J. wasn't really feeling it yet. And I always like starting a game, particularly on the road, trying to take the crowd out. But they beat that rap eventually. They didn't only rush the ball. I think for 10 yards in the first half. And that I'm, that was disconcerting. I think of everything. Uh, I went to a place uh, to watch the game with a bunch of my friends who were out of their minds asking me, yelling at me because they got stopped on third and one. And I mean, I'd answer every question. Out of it. But um, the poor rushing was a little disappointing, but again, it got remedied. So it wasn't like they had a couple false starts, took them out of a drive, uh, which I didn't particularly like. And as you said, if you study the film and know what you're looking at, there were some plays left out there that could have been a couple of big plays, a couple of smaller plays, but plays that didn't result in much that could have. So I think that was uh, my biggest takeaway from a bitter perspective, and it wasn't much. Uh, the sweet created explosives, Sam. Created explosives. They just had... Five plays that I think yielded over 340 yards, somebody said. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, great second half. Again, the coaches continue to do a fabulous job of getting their team ready to come out and play the second half of the game. For, you know, whether, whether it's tactics, whether it's inspiration, I don't know. But Michigan's been a, a very good second half team all year. And the numbers are so lopsided in terms of scoring uh, points for points against. It's not even close. JJ made plays. Some of them were kind of backyard football plays. They were they may not have been perfectly by design, but they they turned him loose and he balled. He went out there and 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 some of the plays were pretty. They were done right. Getting up in the pocket, transferring his weight through throws. Nice play pass action. Some of the the little things that, that, that a man in my position appreciate. Hey, we got CJ uh going. You know, I think CJ was probably going through some frustrating times. I don't think he was he was getting targeted a hell of a lot, but he was he was big in this game. I mean, really big. He had four catches for 160 yards, 160 yards, Sam, in four catches, and the O line was excellent, in my opinion. And I think the slow start running the ball in the first half, there were a few bad plays by the offensive line, but it wasn't as bad as 10 yards rushing in my humble opinion. So that's about 
what I saw. All right. So let's get to the grades there, Al. I'm giving the O-line an A, and I'm giving the quarterback an A. I'm giving the O-line an A. I have but 22 wow. minuses. You don't give up A's. No, this no, I don't know. I don't care. 22 minuses, Sam, for the whole line. Just by comparison, I had 37 a couple games back. That's a good performance. They were beat a couple times in pass protection. A uh, couple deals. And you can point to, oh, they play good. Look at that play. Yeah, well, that's anecdotal. Their overall, the totality of their play, to me, was an A. They played very well, and they played smart. Tight ends, I gave a B. I thought, and that, that's better because the tight ends, because of some inexperience in that position, that I hadn't been grading them that well. But I thought in this game, they were much better. Uh, wide receivers, an A. An A, and I'd be, I'd be giving them two weeks in a row. I think I'd, I'd give them C's. But they rose to the occasion. They were the disrespected, Sam. They were the disrespected, along with, with, with J.J. to a degree. But uh, the wide receivers were the disrespected, and they gained respect. And I think it's going to carry them through for the rest of the season. I think that is a, is a big shot in the arm for the rest of the season. The running backs, uh, I gave <laughs> – well, how can you give Donovan Edwards anything but an A, right? Oh, but <laughs> I, mean, I mean, goodness gracious! But the totality of it, I have to give a B because it wasn't uh, it wasn't overall a great performance, but it certainly was individually an incredible performance. So I have uh, my reservations about that grade, but in fairness, that's probably what it should have been. And the quarterback, although not perfect, he was the single biggest factor in winning the game, in my opinion, as well as Donovan did. And I say Donovan's a co-star, and I'm, I'm not going to minimize his contribution by any means. But if, if J.J. McCarthy doesn't do some of the things that he did in that football game, they don't win that football game. They don't. So uh, uh, hats off to him. And I think that that's another thing. I think that's another guy. It's a shot in the arm, a confidence builder for the coming games, the games to come. Yeah. So He was a ball player. We said last week, you got to put the ball, especially with the limitations, for for your running backs, I mean they've been the engine behind this this stalwart offensive line for this offense th- this season. And for the most part, I mean JJ may look not to say that he didn't make some key plays along the way, but games were called like he was a game manager. And that's why you know you you kind of wonder what did what do they really think uh, of JJ at this point in his development? Well, you saw what they thought on, on Saturday whether. Whether they planned it that way or it was that they had no choice, either way, you got to the you got to the the result that I thought yeah. they were going to get to. Yeah, and that was yeah, turned, they turned him loose a little bit, which was kind exactly. of cool. Felt like they had to. I'm sure it was again a good a good calculation. Another guy, I think it would not be right if we did not mention uh, Olu 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 Timi. I, I did. He's right up there with Donovan. Uh, in terms of co-star, because I mean, I, I don't even know if I had him with a minus. I, I, he may have played the whole game with maybe one, but his ability to general and, and engineer the schemes up front. Now we talked about we're going to talk about in the in the, uh, in the film breakdown the, the, the triple call versus their bat thirty. Um, the detail. first touchdown, Donovan's first long touchdown. Donovan's first long run. That was that was engineered by by Olu, and, and again he he kind of nudged. Keegan and told him what was up and got it communicated down the line. And they just zoned them all off. Again, I'm not going to go into all the details. You can watch the film study if you want that, but it wasn't just that play. It wasn't just that play. He, 
he is a difference maker to me up front. He is a difference maker because he is smart, he is tough, and he is incredibly athletic. Right. And he's going to play in the NFL for a long time if he stays healthy, in my humble opinion, because I don't think they're going to have a hell of a time finding a better center in the country. Right. Well, before we get to the questions for Al, folks, I want to make you aware of a very distinct opportunity for you Michigan fans out there. And I use the word distinct for a reason. There is a new trusted home for audio first digital collectibles and the first digital collectible marketplace focused solely on auto audio content. And it is called distinct. And the mission is to build this, this platform where you can have the digital soundtrack to your life. So imagine, Last weekend's decimation of the Buckeyes, the entire day, the entire experience. Imagine having a digital collectible narrated by Jim Harbaugh. Or maybe in the future, when it becomes an NIL opportunity, imagine having that digital collectible narrated by J.J. McCarthy or Donovan Edwards, and you own it in perpetuity. It is yours, and it is exclusive to you and however many others are available. Well, Distinct, which was co-founded, by the way, by a Michigan alum who's going to be on the Michigan Recruiting Insider coming up. They teamed with Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh himself, to come up with the the first digital collectible in their series. It is called Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor featuring Jim Harbaugh is the first audio digital collectible available as part of their college town collection. It's supposed to evoke the sights and sounds around Ann Arbor and the, the sights and sounds that resonate with anyone who spent time there, spent time in this town, and nothing like it being narrated by Jim Harbaugh himself. As is always the case with all of Distinct's digital collectibles, all owners of Ann Arbor will be privy to specialty-themed utilities, benefits, and experiences. They include ownership of an exclusively crafted Ann Arbor-themed digital art piece. You'll be eligible for three Ann Arbor-themed gifts. And there will be invitations to owners-only virtual or in-person events. So maybe there'll be, I don't know, maybe there'll be a chalk talk. Maybe there'll be a film study with, a, you know, some coaches down there. None other than Jim himself. Who knows? Maybe there'll be special events when Michigan makes the playoffs. Maybe we'll do a special event in Phoenix that I'll be involved in. You just never know what kind of perk is going to come along with ownership of your digital collectible. And to give you an example of what it what one looks like, what one feels like, what one sounds like, Jim has already voiced one called Ann Arbor. It's the first in the series. It's just a sample so you can get a feel for exactly what I'm talking about. If you know, you know. Ann Arbor, Michigan, the 734. There's just nothing like it. From the moment you side-saddle the river to you first step on the diag, you realize it's more than a destination. It's more than an institution. And it's even more than Saturdays in the fall. Although those are pretty special. They're right, they're special. And only a thousand of the digital collectibles, the Ann Arbor digital collectibles narrated by Jim Harbaugh, are available right now, comes with all those extra perks that I talked about, invitations to specialty events, and the the themed gifts. You can get yours by going to distinct.so. Again, distinct.so, 
only a thousand available, uh, many of which have already been sold. So get in now. And again, I know they have some things percolating for the uh, for the playoff, assuming Michigan makes it, which I think they're a lock, even if they were to lose, which I don't expect to happen. Uh, but getting together, maybe having a, an event for owner for uh, collectibles owners, uh, whether it's Phoenix or Atlanta. So go ahead and get yours now. That's at distinct.so. I'll put that in the comment section as well. Now let's get to the questions for Mr. Al Borges. We'll start with the first one uh, where it says this one. Say, Al, why haven't you called for a job, Al? Why haven't you called up there for a job? You're retired, right, Al? I'm retired, man. I am. I get to sit in the booth and second guess every call. I'm always right. Always right. I haven't been wrong yet as far as I'm concerned. And um, so you know, I'm, I'm, this is my job right now is to educate all of you out there that want to know what's really going on. You understand? This is my job from this point in my, the rest of my life is to edify a sample. It's to edify, educate, and to some degree entertain all those people that really want to know not what happened, but why it happened. All right, let's go ahead and get to the next one. Uh, Al, what is your biggest concern with Purdue? Well, they're going to be sound defensively because Ron uh, English coaches him. And I work with Ronnie, and I know him well. He's a good friend of mine. And they're going to be in the right place. Now, I don't know if they're going to match at the end of the day. I don't know if the matchup is going to be in their favor because if Michi- Michigan would have to kind of screw it up to lose to Purdue, I think. I know offensively they, they have a, a really good passing game, which could be could be an issue. But, uh, again, the way we're playing now and with the confidence that we're taking into this game, oh, I just, I'm just i having trouble envisioning the Purdue, what do they call them, Sam, the spoiler makers because mm-hmm. they beat teams when they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But they don't beat teams when they shouldn't when it's a championship game. Because Purdue has had a few of those kinds of games where they've always been trap games in the middle of the year where guys just, they got blindsided and Purdue played their butts off. But in this game, I'm having trouble envisioning an unmotivated Michigan team. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's go ahead. I I agree. There's no way they overlook it. This is as focused a team as I've seen Michigan have. All right. Trap games in the championships, Sam. All right. Uh, fans, Fans can look ahead, even if coaches can't. What would be the game plan? What would the game plan look like that beats Georgia? Well, I I got to look at them. I mean, I can I you know we if we get to that point, we'll have studied it all and we'll tell you in detail. But I'm going to say this: if if they're not balanced, if they get the run game taken away, uh, there's going to be issues. As long as they can you know contain them offensively, because they are dangerous, which was they just didn't do a year ago. And they never really got into their plan. Remember, Sam, they never got into their plan. They never got to use defensively Aiden and Ajabo and because they weren't in enough situations where they could use their pass rush, you know. So it's keep it in balance. And after that, we'll give you the details later on. Yeah, this uh, Marcus Ellis says, Sam, I love Caesar, but Olu Timi may be, be, be the best center we've had here in years. Here's what I'll say, because Caesar was good. Caesar was really good. Yeah. Caesar was athletic. <laughs> I think Olu is better at the point. And C's is really good at the point. First round draft pick, right? I think Olu is better at the point of attack, man. And and Al uh, aptly pointed out, it, it's something that you, I mean, us novices would miss. And he's like, Sam, you see him 
You see Olu tap Keegan on the on the side. He made a triple call here. Say, what's that, Al? He said, yeah, he sees number 33 in the game. He knows there's going to be movement with this look, and he made him zone it off on the backside. And I checked it. I, I, I went, like I like to do, like check and see if it's right. And this dude, I hate to blow his head up more. He, he called it exactly right. That highlights two things. That Al is the real deal, which we already knew, right? But it also, it also highlights the fact they scouted the hell out of Ohio State. Yeah, they knew yeah, that, thirty-three was in the game. That they, the the different things that they did. What, what did Gus kept calling them two thumbs or something like that? They knew when he was in the game, and he was lying, and he was in a certain alignment. Exactly what they were going to do. Olu peeped it, made a call, made a check, whatever you want to call it, and he was the that was the reason that touchdown sprung. Yeah, as, as one of my players once told me, he said, Coach, I know what time it is. And when they saw him in the game, they knew what time it was. And it was time for a triple call. And like I said, we detail that in the, in the film study. But that was Olu. You know, uh, there's just so many things that that guy does that you aren't going to notice unless you're a true aficionado. Yeah. Brian T. Wetzel said, I was nervous that first half. Rushing yards, rushing yards were atrocious, atrocious in the first half. Do you think that was the game plan, or was J.J. seeing the defense and taking what was open? So go ahead, Al. I'm, I, well, I think my... a little of both, but but they, they hit a few runs, but there were a couple runs that I really felt had a shot. Uh, uh, the insert zone where he, he tripped on Loveland, I thought that play had a shot. Now, there was a safety that went with him in man-to-man coverage that was in them, but with, if it's quorum, if it's a healthy quorum, forget about it. It was and those were back to back plays. You're talking about the second drive for folks who want to go back and watch the tape because we didn't put this in the film study. But it's the second drive and it's two straight runs and they're yeah. both one was hit for like a yard or two. The second was hit for like a yard or two. Yeah, and I, I think that was, was cool. Yeah, the second one was a power play. And the power play, uh the way it was blocked, uh it was gonna it was gonna hit on track and then it was gonna come back in behind Olu, who fell off and, and overblocked the linebacker, and a cavity opened up on a cutback you could drive a semi through. But, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not bad-mouthing the backs because they, they, they're they not playing every week. These guys had, had, you know, that was an easy deal. But with the guys that have been doing it, those would have showed up. Those runs would have showed up, I believe. Yeah, I think I think that was a key moment in the game for Michigan offensively on, on two fronts. They knew they had to play Donovan. I mean, it was abundantly clear with those two plays. Like, the, the commentators would have you believe that Ohio State was just stuffing them. Bull, BS. There there were plays there. The insert that Al talked about, if it's Donovan or Blake, very likely at least a 20- or 30-yard run, if not a touchdown, because we saw Donovan outrun an angle on the safety later in the game. So who's to say he wouldn't do the same thing on that play with the kind of running start he would have had breaking to the outside? But the second play was even bigger, like Al pointed out. There was a cutback lane so huge that it's a guarantee. Either one of those backs see that cutback, which they would have, it is a touchdown. It is there. And so I they had to see at that moment, with those two plays back-to-back left on the field, we got to play Donovan. Now, not knowing if Donovan was going to be able to give him what he eventually gave him, right, which at that point tells you this is a – if you didn't know it was a J.J. game before this, it's definitely a JJ game now, Allen. You saw yeah. the young fella really do his thing after that. He did, yeah, he did. He, they, you know, they burnt their ships. They, 
what they, what they had left, they used, and it, it came through when they needed it the most. And remember, no, there wasn't great rushing in the first half, and I pointed that out in the bitter. But there's two halves to a football game, and a lot of times a superior rushing team will show up more in the second half than they do the first, and I think that was what happened in this one. All right. Let's go to another one. Al, what did Illinois do so well against Michigan? We got to we got to refer him to the last uh, film study. Yeah, last film study. Tell, we yeah, were you, you I'll, I'll, I'll mention it again. I, I, Illinois gets out of bed playing man to man, right, Sam? They get out of bed going playing man to man. That that's when they show up the first day of practice. They play man to man. Okay. And they play man-to-man from single high looks and load the box from their single high looks with the ability to blow safeties out of the court and play 2D, which is highly unusual. But that gives them the ability to load the box. And when they load the box, they're very good at run blitzing, and that's really it. They were able to play man-to-man on the back end, sit on cuts and force downfield throws, which J.J. wasn't making in that game, and then shut down all the vertical seams with their rifle blitzes versus the duo play, which coming in that game was by far Michigan's favorite play. Mm-hmm. That's, That's it. a great That's game. Good. It was a great game plan. You take away, you do your best to take away their, their two best run plays. Take away what they do best to see if they can adjust. So they they blew up duos, they blew up counters. Right. And, and see if Michigan can adjust to that, especially with the pressure that we're going to put on them on the outside. Now, it didn't matter as much when it's Blake, we said, during the film study. It doesn't matter if you load the box against Blake Corp. He's going to make one guy miss, run through the second guy, and outrun the third guy. Get the play started, Sam. Just get the – don't get him hit in the backfield. Get the play started, and he's going to make something happen. So – but here's the deal. And, again, we've made, we've talked about this a ton is is – that was Illinois' culture. That's how they play. They didn't just play that way against Michigan. They played that way in every football game, where Ohio State played many of the same coverages, but they didn't play like that every game. Right, they and even in the box. Yeah. In the box, one of the things you point out, look, Illinois was taking out Michigan's blockers. They weren't able to get to the second level, no. right? So it, it was just, it's a better defense. Illinois is a better defense. Let's just start there. They're a bet. They are more physical, and they're a better defense. Are they more talented from one through eleven, or however many defensive no, players they have no, on their roster? No. But are they a better defensive unit? Yes. Are they yeah, a better sure. coach? Are they a better coach defensive unit? Absolutely. That's why you see Ryan Walters up for the Broyles Award. But but Sam, understand that that is how they play. You know what I mean? That is how they play. And add to that their offense is a major running team. You know, they run the football, and that tends to toughen your defense up too. So I think that's a factor. Make no mistake, I think Michigan beats them again if they play Illinois. Uh, but I'd be more nervous about that game than I am uh, I am the Purdue game. I'd be more nervous about that game than, frankly, from an offensive perspective. I, I mean, that would that would worry me more than playing Ohio State. Now, well, you, I told you, you before the game. Right. What did I tell you before the game? I said, this team – is going to be a pain in the ass defensively because what they do is going to make it harder for Michigan. And they that's exactly what they did. You called it, Al. You called it. All right. Let's go ahead and get to the next question, Al. This one from 
uh, we being co who says, Al, what changed since the last five, six games to suddenly allow this dynamic pass offense? Was it better wide receiver play, better JJ play, or base or just basically Ohio State being terrible at defense? All of the above. What do you say, Al? Well, uh, the passing game kind of came to life in this game because it has not been particularly good in the last three games. But what came to life is uh, JJ McCarthy and turning him loose a little bit, letting him do what he does, his improv skills. You know, when they, when it wasn't when they, when the structure of the play wasn't exactly how you draw on the board, his ability to, to improv and keep plays alive, and run for first downs, do those kinds of things. You know, it's, but quite frankly, the receivers were more open. Okay, the receivers were more open in this game than I've seen them all year. Sam, what what game going back all the way to Colorado State and some of the early opponents, when have the receivers been as open as they've been in this game? They haven't been. So, no, they haven't been. So that, that's what I'm saying is is that's a huge part of it, the double moves, uh, CJ's run after catch. You know, there's there's a lot of things that showed up in this game that just hadn't showed up in other games. Yeah. So this one is right up here. Shadyville says JJ has to get some accuracy things under control. He was really good in this game, but when he goes back knowing JJ – know how he is he'll he'll look at the things that he missed and he'll want to work on those things but you know well I, I guess what I get caught up in is not a, a coach like you Al you you're hyper focused on on the fundamentals and maybe you can maybe you can hone those to a degree in season I feel like some of the things that you talk about are really an in the lab thing that hey repetition 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 kind of working on that drilling that you know, I'm sure he has his own quarterback coach that he kind of drill. He'll he'll work on drilling some of these things with in the in the off season. Mm-hmm. But right now, man, just letting him be a ball player. Letting yeah, you can't, there's player. no metamorphosis. No metamorphosis is going to take place at this juncture. But uh, it's something in the off season that he's got to he's got to look at all his past plays and look at what he could have got done better and 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 just coach him up that way. But the one thing I think with this kid is you, you got to let the horse run a little bit. You know what I mean? You got to let him out of the – and that, again, I say that. I don't want to – I'm not talking about turning it into a passing circus because that's not them. That's not what's brought them to 12-0. But there's – what did they do in this game? They threw seven shots, Sam, seven shots. That's more than any game the entire season. They hit three of them and got one pass interference. Now, they got another pass interference later on a third down call, I think, but that wasn't a shot. So if you add that to the equation, I don't know how many yards it yielded. I should have told them. But if you add the 15-yard penalty, that is a huge part of their of their game. And what that means is they're giving him a chance to come off play passes and early downs and take the ball down the field at more frequency than they've been doing in the past. All right. Hey, hey, Josh, we love you too, man. We love you too. All right, let's go ahead and get to the next question. From Al, for Al, says, Al, would you still be confident in our offense if Quorum isn't healthy when we play TCU or Georgia? Do we have Donovan? Yeah. Yes. I like that both. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, you have the great fortune. I, I highly doubt that Blake plays this weekend, but that you get a buff. 
you get a month to get them to get a much better mm-hmm. for, for TCU. And there's two weeks uh, between that and the next game, so you, you have an opportunity there maybe to heal them up enough to get them closer, get them back closer to being the Blake that that we know. Donovan's injury is going to be something that he has to play with. He, you know, he's yeah, but he'll have a month though. Yeah. You know, if he can get through this one. We get Michael Morris back up, right? We can get Blake back up. We can get Donovan full speed. You know, some of the bumps and bruises that have held other players back, you know, with a with a with three, four, I don't know how long, I don't know how much laps there is between the games, but there's gonna be time for Michigan to be shooting all their guns come playoff time. All right. Next question for Al. Uh, here is one that I'm sure fans are really interested in. Um, what needs to be done to replicate the success in the passing game uh, the last three games of, of the season? What do you Just keep what doing you, what you're doing. That seven shots really excited me. How about you, Sam? Absolutely. Oh, play God, action God. shots. Early play down games. play action shots. And you know, he is really good. He's a good play passer. And for some reason, he tends to use the pocket better on his play passes. So I, I I I would just keep that same tone, do that same deal. Just you know, think around five you know, or seven you know shots. I think it actually makes sense. You tell me if this makes sense as a quarterback coach. I mean, your your drop is finite. You can't short drop a play action pass. No, you can't. no, no, it, because you don't give guys a chance to get down the field enough. And and that happened. Right, you got to carry out enough. the fake too. You got to carry out yeah, the fake too. Yeah. It forces you to use better footwork in a sense. It does. Uh, more under center than shotgun. You can still get a little little, little sloppy in shotgun sometimes, but uh, yeah, it, it, it gives it gives the quarterback a chance to go through all the movements it takes to let the receivers get down the field and time out the cuts. So, but I think that's it. I think I would stick with that same concept. Let's throw you know a couple shots a quarter, you know, and maybe 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 it's time for another trick play pretty soon too. You know, I, I think that's probably about to happen uh dave says do you think our passing game opened up the run game or did the line just bully osu into submission i think this is the first game i can honestly say where they use the pass to open the run you know most that has not happened for the most part they, i think jj game, running the ball helped it too always always and, he, and, and they tried to run him now there was a few plays he didn't run because they were option type plays where they ran three times they ran that quarterback ot read play that we we drew up a couple of weeks ago, and he gave it off twice and ran it once. Okay, so they were trying to run him there. He pulled two balls, if I'm not mistaken, on zone reads, and he ran a quarterback pin and pull for a touchdown. So they did try and run, either try and run him or present the threat of him running so that he could spread the defense sideline to sideline. You know, spread concepts. You know, so he was he was a factor. They made a conscious effort to make him a factor in their run game in this game. And, I, and, you know, as the season goes on, like I said, I, I was always willing to let that quarterback run more later in the season than I was early. It was Unless it was Denard, he got to run all the time. Joseph says, J.J. hasn't turned the football over for a long time. Don't say awesome. that, Joseph. Joseph. Well, but this is why you this is why you trust him more. This is why yeah. you trust him more. I mean, the dude is not reckless with the football, right? He's so then that, then that's not – yeah, he's uh, – God, gee, many Christmas they've been so good. Uh, and you know, for the last two years, it's been that way. They they just don't turn the ball over much, and that's the residual of a great run game. 
I don't know if this is a Buckeye fan. I know we actually have a few Buckeye fans in here, and I didn't even boot you out. How about that? Uh, but Ghost Rider says, Al, what's your opinion on C.J. Stroud's play? They would not have won 11 games without C.J. Stroud. I don't want to hear that he's bad. He's a good player. The guy is talented. Now, does he have flaws? Yeah, he's got some like every quarterback does. I think he started pressing a little bit in this game. But uh, he's very accurate. He's athletic. I'd like to see him more willing to take off and run. He's kind of the extreme the other way with as the J.J. is, you know. he J.J. is not afraid to run with a snap of fingers, where this kid really wants to give that pass a chance almost at times to fo- to a fault. But he is a very talented player, He and I think he can play in the NFL. But he has things uh, that have showed up now in, in the Michigan game really twice. Although his numbers are still really, really good, he has not shown – he's got to prove he can win the big one. You know, uh, whether it's here, if he plays Ohio State, or whether he's in the NFL. But his talent is uh, is obvious to me. Look, I don't want him. Good, good college quarterback. And I'm a lion. I'm just talking about from the Lions' perspective. I do not want C.J. Stroud. Please, Holmes, do not draft C.J. Stroud. Just like I said, there's a reason there's never been a good Buckeye quarterback in the NFL. They don't develop NFL quarterbacks. Period. Across the generations, they don't develop quarterbacks. My issue with C.J. Stroud is he gets fl- – you, you can rattle him. And we saw him get rattled in a different way. So on yeah. one hand, you say last year you saw him get hit. And you say, well, every quarterback who gets pressure in his face and gets hit gets bothered. Sure, but not every quarterback who gets pressure in his face gets rattled. We saw him get rattled last year. Yeah, and, and this this year they confused him a little more. Last year it was just he had to get rid of the ball. But this year they confused him a little bit more with what they were doing. Because there was times he didn't get moved off his spot. He didn't get moved off his spot. He was, he was in, in – pure passing profile through the entire progression of the pass play and still didn't hit the pass. And that's a little disconcerting. I, I will say that, but and that's I my like, point. Yeah. That's, I like his accuracy. Point. That's what, that's what jumps out to me is the ability to make all the throws. Now, I, again, until you coach the guy, all, all the things you're talking about, Sam, until you coach the guy, you don't really know. You don't read, but, and your point's well taken, but he, I thought, right. I, I, I believe this, they would not have won 11 games without that kid, a quarterback. I'm not disputing that. And you know yeah. better than me uh, about quarterback play and what it takes to play in the NFL. But I'll, yeah. I'll say this to you, Al. Aren't the windows tighter in the NFL? Oh, isn't, the pressure, tighter, yeah. isn't the pressure more prevalent in everything, the NFL? Everything is sped up and everything is tighter. So you have to be inaccurate. And that's why a lot of guys don't make it. You know, the Tim Tebow's of the world who are great college quarterbacks, maybe the best college quarterback, can't play in the NFL because he can't make those throws. But he can't, you know, that not consistently anyway. So we'll see. I mean, again, I don't I don't know the kid, but I I, do, I like his skill set. I well, will say that. I'll just say as we get to the next question here, you could look at last year's game and say, all right, I'll just make sure he has the best offensive line in the world. Right. And we, we'll keep him clean and he'll have as pristine a pocket as you could have in the NFL, which yeah, is not good luck, for that. Good, luck, good luck with that. Right. Good luck with that. Right. But now we just saw him in a game where there wasn't pressure, where they flustered him with disguise and and changing up coverages. And he was just as rattled for a different reason. But he was just as rattled. Yeah, sorry, and, that, that can't be my quarterback. Yeah. And that's uh Again, that you can coach some of that. I don't. If you're protected, you can coach him to not. 
here's the deal. I guess the best way to assess him is he can win 11 games. He's already proven that. The, the question is, can he win the 12th? And I'm not, ta- I'm talking about, and when I say that, I'm not just talking about Ohio State, Michigan. I'm talking about if he's in the NFL, can he win that next playoff game? Can he take you to, because the thing you're talking about are the things that keep you from doing that. You know, the guys that are a little bit more composed, the Tom Brady's and those guys can keep going. So that, that remains to be seen. And, and he, because it has not been proven yet. So we'll wait and see. Only time for a couple more for Al. Coach, what's your favorite new wrinkle that the staff put in this week? Oh, I like the jump pass. The what, what kind of the kind of jump pass? You know, the one where uh, Mullen uh, uh, took the power play and uh, jumped about I don't know was it probably about this or up the ground and then through the I thought that was pretty cool. Had that been a touchdown, which it should have been, because it was kind of a piss poor pass, you know, that would have been the play everybody been talking about. You know, but because it didn't, it did. But nobody covered him. Zero. That didn't make the five plays that they were talking about, I know. But nobody covered the guy. It was perfectly timed and a great calculation. The, the coaching staff knew what they were going to do in that situation, and they got him open. But it, did, it wasn't the damage they wanted, but should have been. But that was that was a really cool wrinkle. Yeah, Nick wants to know, hey, Al, how much money would it take for you to be a co-offensive coordinator with the winter Wakanda King at Michigan? Talk about Devin Gardner. <laughs> Is he is he the quarterback? Because if he's a quarterback, there's no money that I would pay. <laughs> I think he means as you guys as co-offensive coordinators. I think this is like okay. Wait, I got to share coordinators with him. With Are Devin. you drunk? <laughs> there is no amount of money in the world that I would do that. Right. So here's another job question. Hey, this is Fleming Morris. Flem, what's up, Flem? This is this is Flim down to Texas. This is this is Freddie J's guy, Freddie oh, J's guy. So Freddie, well, Freddie J, J's my man. So I'm cool. Yeah, Fred Jackson is a is an analyst now at Michigan. So I don't Freddie know. You J, might uh, be you might be being recruited here. Flim might be asking you so he can pass a message to to, to Fred. So then Fred can pass a message to Jim. So Al, you would be an outstanding analyst for the team. Comments. Well, how much are you going to pay me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tell you something. I've gone, I, I, and I'm going to say this now. I've gone through a bit of a metamorphosis. I coached at Michigan. I love coaching at Michigan. I got fired, and I hated Michigan for a while. And then I got back connected with Michigan, and learned. You know, when you're coaching, you're in this little vacuum, and you the fans are hard on you. And I understand that. That's part of the deal. But as I got back to it, I really got a great love for Michigan, a different, different than when I coached. And uh, now it's uh, every game I live and die with every play, you know, and it's, it's, and be, doing the dive you and I do, you know, uh, makes it all the more compelling. Mm-hmm. So um, I love the school. I love, uh, I love the big 10. I've had a blast doing this, but I'm retired. <laughs> well, you're retired from coaching. You're not retired from writing. So no, history no, shows. No, no, I am loving your book, no, yeah. wondering if you're going to write another. Oh, Sam, that's this is I'm I'm a born again John Steinbeck. Okay, remember I told you John Steinbeck's from Salinas, California, same place I'm from. So um, I'm reinventing myself. Uh, if this book does well, 
I'm serious now when I say this. If this book does well, I think I'm going to write another book on rivalries because I've been in so many big ones with, you know, the Iron Bowl and uh, Michigan, Ohio State, UCLA, USC, Stanford Cal. I was at Stanford Cal when we laddered all the band balls and ran through the band. I was coaching at Cal then. I mean, that's 1982. Most people watching this aren't born, born then. But that will be my next exploit if I think it's worth my time. And this book will determine that. But I've had a blast doing it, promoting it. And, you know, who knows? Maybe I can maybe I can be a bestseller someday like John U. Bacon. Yeah. Jimmy Whitner, Flint Town. He wants to know, Sam, what's that stadium behind Al? I just, I'll let you wax poetic about that, Al. Oh, Sam, I born, I grew up watching Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, Juan Marichal at Candlestick Park back when I was in the 60s when I was a kid. And I became a huge Giants fan. When I got into coaching football, I got away from fandom. You know, and got into – so I, my football teams, I never – when I was coaching, I didn't really have any team anymore other than when I was coaching. But I never lost my passion for baseball, and I am a Giants fan, and I always will be. So that's uh, – what is well, it, Caulfield? Yeah. Yeah, here, here's the deal. So Shab Fam said, whoever fired Al should be fired. He was, Shab. <laughs> hey, I got news for you. Hey, I got news for you, Sam. That's Two guys I mean. fired Allen, got fired the next year. Then Tuberville got fired after he fired me. So, uh, <laughs> oh, well, hey, you... I mean, he's an idiot, though. So, that's the... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think Randy's case... an idiot. Tommy Tuberville is a bona fide, certified idiot. Well, but you said that, not me. But I I'm sure just... did. I sure did. I, you want me to repeat it? Tommy no, Tuberville is a bona fide, certified <laughs> idiot. That is my opinion, not Al's. So, idiot. Um, no, if you read my book, I'll give you my opinion on Tommy. I have a whole subchapter about that. But um, the one thing, coaching is is unforgiving. It really is. And and if you're not if you're not up, you're either really up or you're really down. And when you're down, it becomes a matter of will the people will they hang with you a little bit and say, hey, you know what, give us a chance to get it going again. And if they won't, you get fired, particularly if you're a lieutenant, because I was a lieutenant, I was a coordinator, you know, and they always on that guy, whether it's offense or defense, mostly offense. So uh, it happens. It's part of what you sign up for. You can't complain. It hurts. It hurts. Michigan really hurt because I felt this was a place that we could have won big eventually had I just been able to hang around long enough, but it happens. It's the way, the way things go in the biz and you just got to kind of accept that. Yeah. All right, well, folks, that is going to do it for the show. We had a blast, as we always do, and we're going to be back next week. Next week, breaking down the Big Ten Championship game. Care to give a winner and a score, Al, before we let the people go? No, Wolverines are going to roll. On, get gonna on that roll, table, Kevin would say. Get on that table. They're going to roll, Sam. It's going to – It's uh, this matchup, they're going to – they would have to screw it up. Now, Purdue's scary throwing the ball. Remember that now. They are. They're good at it, but I don't think they got enough to deal with these guys. Okay. So, and just remember, Sam, this show is where all bullshit goes to die. Right? Yes, sir. I love that. That is absolutely right. We separate the wheat from the bullshit. Absolutely. We do. do. And and we don't, we don't, we're not interested in what happened. Everybody writes about what happened. We're going to tell you why it happened, Sam. But they want a winner and a score. 
Get in the fight, Al. Get in the fight. That's what Mark said. Get in the fight. All right, all right, all right. I, I'm the worst prognosticator there is. I don't do this because I'm always wrong. I usually pick the winner. I'm pretty good, but the score is hard. I, but I'm going to say Michigan will get these guys. They, they're going to score 40-plus. So I'll say it'll be 42-14. to 14. All right. Al Borges, another great episode. Folks, if you like what we do, be sure to like the video. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. That way you'll get a notification. Every time we put up a new video, whether that's the 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 breakdowns, the film studies, the recruiting insider, the basketball insider, we're going to be doing another episode with Tim McCormick here coming up. Want to let you know, you know, programming alert. When the football season is over, we're still going to have a Monday morning quarterback. And it's going to be the basketball version with Daniel Horton. So if you like, if you like Devin Gardner, you're going to love Daniel Horton. Well, that's an upgrade. That's an upgrade right there, right? <laughs> So the show's going to get a lot better. But, so, and I won't I won't call that one the Monday Morning Maniac, okay? That'll actually be the Monday Morning Quarterback. All right. Be sure to like the video. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. The best way to show love is to go over to the MichiganInsider.com, subscribe to the site. That way you'll have the access to the best coverage of football, basketball, and recruiting focused on Michigan around. Of course, it also gets you access to the entire 24-7 Sports Network. That's $1 for the first month. Once you become hooked, and you will, and become a full-paying member, you will also have access to Paramount Plus with your subscription. It is great bang for your buck. Uh, buck, Al, you want to tell people about your book before we go? Yeah, Deny the Tiger. Uh, it's on Amazon. You get an Amazon, Barnes & Noble, the story of the undefeated 2004 Auburn Tigers. Uh, and it's not just about that. It's about an offensive coordinator's perspective on a great team. And I use references from Michigan and pretty much everywhere else. I coached to a point where even Lloyd Carr liked it and said, and recommended it. He's on the back of the book. Okay. So uh, you Michigan fans read it, you'll love it. And since we've got to know each other a little bit through this show, you'll realize that when you read the book, it's me that's doing the, doing the right (laughs) cuss words and all. Hey, Daryl, that's a great way to end this episode. He said, OSU sucks. I couldn't agree more. That'll do it for this edition of the Evil Michigan Empire, Football. Sam. Evil Empire, Sam. The, the Evil Michigan Empire. Breakdown focused on the office with Al Borges. We'll see you next week, folks. Go blue. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.